Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. Uh, this is a podcast about uh, self-discovery, finding ourselves and health and wellness and figuring out uh, how to optimize our physical, mental and spiritual health while making our way through this crazy mixed up world or this seemingly crazy mixed up world, whatever you think. Uh, anyway, today, uh, I want to start with uh, just asking uh, you to think about a couple of questions or mysteries. These are things you you may know, or you most likely don't know. Most people don't know these things. And so we're going to start with just three little questions. And the first question is, um, why? <laughs> so um, menopause is something that human females go through. And um, only about four or five other species on the planet that, that we've discovered so far. Most of them are whales, different species of whales. And the question is why? Uh, gorillas, chimpanzees, orangutans, uh, animals that are really closely related to us do not go through menopause. They can give birth to live young right up until they're quite old to the day they die. Uh, but humans cannot. There's a menopause that happens, you know, around the age of 50 and with still lots of lifetime left. So why? Why does that happen? And why is it only restricted to just a few species? Uh, the second question is um, vitamin C is a essential vitamin that human beings, we have to get in our diet. That's why it's essential. It's the meaning of essential. You have to get it in your diet. You don't make it endogenously. Um, and as far as I know, there's only one other species on the planet that cannot make its own vitamin C. It's a species of fruit bat. And the question again is why? Why, why did human beings lose the ability to make vitamin C, um, which also is an interesting thing about, you know, we always think evolution is about creating more and more complex things, but that's not true necessarily. It's generally true, but, you know, but uh, human beings have lost the ability to do that. We've lost the ability to do other things too. That's why there are essential amino acids that you have to get in your diet, essential fats that you have to get in your diet. That you don't make endogenously anymore. And the question is why? And the third question is um, where I live in, in Canada, in Eastern Canada, uh, the maple tree is uh, famous for in the fall, the leaves change color. They become red and gold. It's beautiful. Um, and I think the assumption that I used to have anyway, and I'm, I bet most people have is that, oh, it's just the leaves are dying and the way a bruise will change color when it's clearing up. That's what's going on. But that's not true. Go take a fresh leaf off a maple tree and hang on to it. It'll stay green forever. So the the tree in the fall is either expending energy or losing energy by changing the leaves on the trees. And the question once again is why? Why do these three things happen? And uh, these are examples of what's called unknown unknowns. These are things that you likely didn't even know that you didn't even know. And uh, I'll leave you to ponder them for now and you can turn off this podcast and come back to it later. And pick up. I will explain or talk about some possible reasons why these things exist at the end. But uh, the real value of these questions is not in the answer so much for us. It's in understanding that there are things, mysteries out there that we didn't know that we didn't even know. And uh, we'll talk about what that does to us. So just to back up for a second and go from the beginning, when talking about unknown unknowns, we'll start with known knowns. Known knowns are things that you know 
that you know. For example, you know your name, you know your age, you know whether you prefer chocolate to vanilla, uh, you know those things. There are known unknowns. That is things you know that you don't know. We don't know. You don't know if there's life on other planets. You don't know if there's life after death. You don't know what the weather will be like exactly one month from right now. We have guesses about these things. You may feel certain certainties about them even, but you don't know them. Uh, there are unknown knowns. That is things you didn't know that you know, right? Like, oh, who's the guy in that movie? You know, the one with the shirt. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, didn't even know I knew that. But my favorite unknown known, sorry, my favorite, yes, unknown known, is that we all know that we perceive the world differently than it really is. Our perception is not an accurate fully accurate representation of the world. We just, our brain is designed to see things and experience things in a certain way just so we can live long enough and pass on our genes. You know, it's, it's about functionality and not exactly truth or accurate representations. And my favorite example of this is, uh, and I don't have a keyboard here, uh, like a musical keyboard, so I can't play these notes, but I think we've all heard music enough to know that if you play a, a C note on a piano, say, and then you combine that with the G, uh, that's a major fifth. And when you play those two notes together, you hear both notes blended together. You hear the C and the G and you also in the harmony. And that's pleasing. Uh, so you can you still hear the two notes separately. I mean, distinct, <clears throat> excuse me, distinctly, but you hear them together. Now, if you take light, say you take blue light and yellow light and combine them, you don't see the blue light and the yellow light anymore. You see a whole new color, green. So, you know, you don't see the individual parts anymore. What happened to blue and yellow? They've seemingly disappeared and have been replaced by a whole new color. So that we experience light differently than we experience sound. And that's just uh, a reflection of, yeah, we don't see the world as it really is. And uh, oh, also, I, I could have asked this question at the beginning, too, because I love this one is uh, just speaking of the color blue. I think before the year 1200, there is no entry of the color blue in any ancient text. It's almost like they didn't they didn't have blue. You know, it's, uh, and it just makes me think about how, you know, until you have a language to describe something, it doesn't kind of really exist for you, I guess. You know, even uh, the Odyssey, which is, takes place on the sea, you know, <laughs> there's lots of opportunity to discuss the color of the sea. But, um, uh, oh my gosh, I just blanked on who wrote the Odyssey. Uh, shoot, <laughs> Odysseus? I can't remember. Anyway, he at no point calls the sea blue. I think he calls it like a wine color. And I think there's another translation where he calls it green, but not blue, which is really interesting uh and the question again why why is there no mention of the word blue before the year 1200 did blue not exist do they see things differently did they just not have a word for it really interesting question anyway so that's uh we've talked known knowns known unknowns unknown knowns and then finally unknown unknowns and those are the things that you don't even know that you don't even know and i you know gave three examples or i have four now examples of what for most of us are unknown unknowns, things I didn't even know, I didn't even know that. And to me, the value of that is that it starts to expand your mind in a way of like, huh, well, if that's, if I don't know those things, what else do I not know? What else out there do I not even know that I don't even know? 
And to me, the real value of unknown unknowns is thinking about ourselves, turning that internally and thinking, well, what are the things I don't even know that I don't even know about myself? You know, for example, why do I react a certain way with certain people or in certain situations? Or why do I keep falling for the wrong person, the same person, just the wrong person again and again and again? Why do certain situations trigger me? What's going on? What's that about? And and for me, the, the, the journey of unknown unknowns or the value of it is that constant set of, of discovery, you know, and looking in the mirror and asking yourself, what if I'm wrong? What if this thing that I hold to be fundamentally true is actually wrong? And what does my life look like? You know, I like to ask that question of like, what do I believe? Am I sure I believe that? What if that's wrong? What does my life look like? You know, an exploration of that way is not about, you know, living in constant doubt. It's just being okay with uncertainty. Generally, uncertainty drives us crazy, but it's the idea that things could change. And what does that my life look like? And being resilient and better and better able to you know, absorb shocks when they inevitably come. Because as Dostoevsky said, life is suffering and life is going to wallop you again and again and again. And the more resilient you can be when it happens, the easier it is. I also strongly believe that certainty, if not, if if it doesn't make us stupid, it certainly makes us vulnerable and careless. You know, if we're certain about certain things, then we go on blindly along, assuming those things to be true. And what if they're not? I mean, just think of yourself. Like, what did you believe 10 years ago or 20 years ago or even six months ago that you now go like, boy, that was dumb. Boy, that was dumb to believe that. I have tons of examples of stuff like that. And so I don't think that I'm a finished product. It's constantly a work in progress. It's trying to get better and better and better. So unknown unknowns, thinking about what do I don't know that I don't even know about myself? And what if these things are wrong? It's a good thing to look at. So just to go back to those uh, three questions, I guess four, the blue one, I have no idea. I've never found a, a real explanation as to why there's no mention of the color blue before, I think around 1200, it might be 700, but it's, it certainly doesn't appear in any ancient text, like no, and, and doesn't matter, like Chinese texts, Greek, doesn't matter where you, where you look for these things, they don't exist, no mention of the color blue. In fact, if you, it's interesting, if you start looking at the chronolo chronology of colors that appearing, the first ones are like the reds and the yellows, you know, that, that end of the spectrum, and then green, and then blue eventually makes its mark sometime quite a bit later um so menopause why do human females go through menopause well this is probably an answer we'll never know for certain but the most likely explanation that i've heard is the grandmother hypothesis that human children are so were so and are so continue to be so expensive in terms of resources that if you had a grandmother around to help uh raise that child it had a better chance of surviving so we probably owe, we may owe our longevity to our grandchildren. Um, and the fact that they're so expensive uh, in terms of resources, you know, it takes a human child like 12 years to get to sexual maturity. And you might think, well, that's because of the size, but it's not true. Sperm whales, which dwarf us in size by many orders of many times, reach sexual maturity around five or six years of age. So it's not about growth. I mean, it's about growth probably, but not physical growth necessarily or exclusively. Um, why do uh, the leaves change color? 
uh, probably has to do with parasites. It's probably the tree signaling to certain insects, don't lay your eggs here, I'm sick, I'm not healthy. And so that's probably what that's about. But again, I'm not sure 100% true, but it makes the most sense. And now I've just, oh, the vitamin C. Uh, probably because uh, for a long time in our development, human beings ate lots of fruit and fruit contains vitamin C. And so it just became a redundancy that uh, that we didn't, you know, that once one human being lost the ability to make vitamin C, uh, it wasn't a big problem. And so because nature always favors, uh, always, I guess, maybe that's the wrong word, but it often favors expediency and efficiency. If we don't need to make something, we, you know, it's that, that, that person or that individual became more um, fit for their environment. And then now we are all descendants of that individual that lost the ability to make vitamin C. Isn't that interesting? <sighs> we go back to just that. And we all descended from that one individual that lost the ability to make vitamin C. Anyway, that's my little journey down unknown unknowns. It gives you something to ponder, something to think about. I mean, your next time you're looking at yourself in the mirror, what if I'm wrong? What does my life look like? Hmm, what else? Uh, what else is going on with me? All right. Well, this has been real fun. Uh, we'll see you back here next week for another episode of Deserts of Plenty, an exploration into ourselves, trying to find enlightenment, trying to this lifelong journey of ourselves, getting to know ourselves, not only just liking ourselves, but going to really love ourselves and who we are and becoming the best person we can possibly be. That's my, that's what I want to be. Anyway, you have a great week. Be well, be kind. Let's take care of each other. It's tough out there. Bye.